So Anushka reminded me about a sutta that's actually spoken by um, Ananda, but he, it's in your book, In the Buddha's Words, page 268. You don't need to look at it, but just if you want the reference, where he talks about the four different ways people develop meditation. One is insight preceded by serenity, or serenity preceded by insight, or serenity and insight joined in pairs. Um, and then the last one is probably the rest of us. Or again, friends, a monk's mind is seized by agitation about the teaching. But there comes a time when his mind becomes internally steadied, composed, unified, and concentrated. Then the path arises in him. The fetters are abandoned, etc., etc. So right in the text, there's just a very clear... 268. 268 in, in the Buddha's words. So it's right there in the suttas. So... Any comments, questions from your sharing? And again, this is a theme that we'll continue to discuss as we go on. Anyone wishing to share? And say your name when you begin. I'm my group had a very heated discussion about the bodily ease stuff. Um, I feel even weird saying the word rapture because it's very uncool to talk about in the world that I'm from. So we were trying to like grapple with where is it useful? And I know that's not even a word that you use, but what is it, what is it good for? What, what is what good for? It's feeling all the bodily ease. Like, so bodily, I try to not think about it as, as jhana, like as an indication of, you know, headed in the right direction on the path. And just been like, oh, that's a nice experience that's happening. Never mind. So is there something more that it's, it's actually useful for, for regular people, regular lives, where we're practicing day to day and we're not in um, monastic land? Sure. Where it would be great to be high all the time, I guess. So I'm not quite sure I understand the question because I wouldn't translate bodily ease and rapture. I wouldn't say they were the same things. Um, but bodily ease is great, isn't it? All the time, anytime, isn't it nice? I don't know. So I'm not quite sure why. What? You, but rapture as a more powerful meditative experience is that what you're talking about? Is you know what's the use of that? It's the feeling where the bell rings and you don't care anymore. Right, where you're just sitting there and like, oh, that's that bell that those people care about. I'm having a good time, you know. So again, I, I don't know if you need me to describe this more, but it's that feeling of just like everything is just great, and it's going to be great for hours if you just sit there. Nothing well, hurts who was, anymore. Who was talking about awesome. Pascal was talking about that, and you know that it, that's Duca. Pascal seems to live in that state. <laughs> Because the agitation, remember, I'm sitting here and yeah, they're leaving. Yeah, describing the agitation. I know, but it's dukkha in that that is a conditioned experience that has conditions that made it arise and conditions that make it cease. And you just have to see it for what it is. Um, I, I don't know if I'm quite getting or can have the time to really feel into the question. You always say that, what you just said. And so my question is, is, there, is it leading us somewhere else, right? Is it well, is this is something what else I'm, that's useful about it for regular people? I don't practice. live in a monastery. I don't live in all-day practice, and I find that experience a helpful one because it's a taste. It's a taste. You know, you could see a lot of your practice as practicing being enlightened. 
And that experience where there's no hindrances, sounds like a little you described, the body and mind are unified and at ease, you are practicing being enlightened. That's what a taste, a little foreshadowing of what being, so I think that's very helpful and onward leading in any life, in your life as a meditator. That's my sense. Um, you know, and we realize it's conditioned, it'll pass, yes, you know, so they're not getting attached to it. But just knowing that that's possible for this mind and body to be happy and contented without what we normally think of as the prerequisites for that, getting what I want, having this kind of input or sense experience, I think that's a very valuable experience. It's the kind of happiness that comes from internal factors rather than external conditions. And that's a powerful experience to have. It's a turning for the mind to realize happiness isn't about getting what I want, it's about this, whatever words you might use, ease, peace, contentment, in the moment. That's a powerful experience to have, and a valuable one, for anyone, for you, I would say. Whoever, I don't know who has a microphone, you have to look for them. Um, yeah, okay. I guess um, I wanted to really address oh, right. Sorry. Go on. Oh, I... I just want to express deep appreciation for my group because I was like really spinning out on this whole thing. Um, from Sama Samadhi, I mean the four jhanas, and nobody has attained the four jhanas yet. That I, I mean, well, who, who hasn't attained the four jhanas? No one's, it, it seems like no, no one that in the West has attained full enlightenment yet. Of which that we know of. That we know of, right. I mean, it just seemed like such a far thing, and maybe I'm, I'm echoing some of the, the previous questions. Um, so I guess I was just starting to spin out, like, you know, why am I here? Am I here to be enlightened? It just seems even farther away than when I first mm. started coming mm-hmm. here. Um, but I'm not sure I could do this anyway, so why am I here? Uh, and so uh, I think my group really helped bring me back to earth. <laughs> it's it's just to be a better person. To you know that so far there there are positive things I think that I felt that has led me here, and maybe it's just a menu of things that we can try, and then we pick and choose. Exactly, and all of us have different motivations on the path. For some people, they really have a sincere. How belief, desire for awakening, and that's what's motivating them. And for other people, you're right, it's more a better person, calm, compassion, equanimity, a whole range. DPP's purpose is to show you the depth and the breadth of the Buddha's teachings. That's what this program is about. So that's what we're going to keep doing. And some of them you'll connect with and others you won't. But that's exactly what we're here to do, is to show you what did the Buddha talk about? What, what's possible on this path? Um, and you have to find what's right for you. We have to stop now because I've gone way over time. I wanted to finish with some ongoing exercise for you. I want you, each one of you, to commit to some form of a concentration practice and to make this commitment with your home group when you go into your home group or with your Dharma buddy if you have one already. And I don't mean concentration is in jhana, but just we can train the mind to get more concentrated. Remember in school it used to all be about rote, especially years ago, you know, memorizing whole sections of poems or teachings or whatever. This still happens in Asia. I think Temple was talking about it. People memorize the whole Tripitaka. 
the, the Padimoka, which is an hour-long recitation of all the rules. So I want you to commit to memorizing something. A chant, a sutta, like the opening of the Dhammapada, mind is a forerunner of all things, you know, speak or act with an impure mind. Um, the dedication of blessings chant that many of you know. Uh, through the goodness that arises from my practice, may my spiritual teachers and guides of great virtue, you could memorize the Metta Sutta. This is what should be done by those who are skilled in goodness and who know the path of peace. You could met- memorize the Metta Chant, Imaya, Dhammanu, Dhamma, Patipatiya. You could memorize something really short, some verse from the suttas, these descriptions of the jhanas, and you know, just something that takes a couple of minutes to go through, and then next retreat, we'll check in. I think it's a great practice. Memorize a chant. It's much better chanting from memory than from, from reading it. The Blessings chant is a great one. The Metta Sutta, the Metta chant. You know, the Abhayagiri monks and nuns have a whole handbook of chants you can remember. So that is my task for you. Is there um, any place on, on the web where you could listen to chants? Yes, tons of them. I don't know, you know... I go to YouTube. YouTube. YouTube has a bunch. So my last words to you, and I'm way over time. Bhikkhu Bodhi, Bhikkhu Bodhi, who I, a great teacher of mine, everyone, said there are only two things you need to be successful on the spiritual path. Remember when Pascal said he heard two things, and I'm like, I'm really going to listen to what those two things are? So here's Bhikkhu Bodhi telling you what the only two things you need to be successful on the spiritual path. To start and continue. <laughs> Thank you for your attention. Start and continue. I'll, I'll start.